the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, talk about Ebola in New York. We can talk about financial planning and what you need to know in insurance. And we can talk about how much money do you need to retire. I think that's the number one thing people ask me about is how big of a nest egg do I need to have? And... We keep hearing about people having like $25,000 in their nest egg. Not a good number. CFP Chad Burton joining me now. How are you, Mr. Burton? Good, Rob. So what is the right number of for you? For nest egg? Yeah. I'm trying to pull that word out of my vocabulary. Why is that? I know the word nest egg lately is just really bugging me. Why is that? I don't know. Just nest, an egg, and I don't know. Some, something about it is just rubbing me wrong. The right number is, well... It's different because it costs, you know, like I've been saying, it costs about 20% more to retire right now than it did in 2007 or prior to 2007 because interest rates are so low. Yeah, but again, for you, if you were to come up with a number, like you know your budget, is it going to be 10 times your last year's salary? Is it going to be 20 times? Do you want to go big and go 30? It's it's more actually, it's versus a times and it's a dividing situation. So the if you're 65, the safer number is 4 to 4.5%. So you take your gross need, which includes all of your expenses, Uncle Sam, your Medicare Part B, your, all of the different costs that you have in retirement, divided by 0. 0.04 to be in the safe zone. And that's how much you, you're going to need because that, you don't want to draw much more than 4% while interest rates are especially so low because bonds and CDs are paying less than half of what they were when, say, your parents retired. Okay. So... It, it's cost more. Just, it costs more to retire right now because of the low interest rates and rather than you do alternative things as a result of that. And I think what's been proven lately is interest rates are probably going to be lower than people think for a longer period than people think. And they've been low for a long period of time. Yeah. I mean, how long have we thought interest rates would probably go up? It's, it's kind it seems, of... A, it seems like a decade. I'll put a different spin on it. Low interest rates are killing senior citizens. 
because they don't want to expose their assets to risk. They want to put it in a CD like they've always done, and they just can't do it when you're getting 0.15% on a CD. Right. You know, I did read, though, that the what's offset that a little bit is low interest rates is a result of we have very little inflation. And we're finally starting to see a slowdown. Like Medicare Part B was going up double digits in cost for several years in a row. Then it went up like 5% year before last. 2015, it looks like it's going to only go, it's not going to go up at all. But at the same time, Social Security increases are going to be very, very small. Which is a bit of a problem. The COLAs, the cost of living adjustments. Right. It's been under 2% three years in a row now. Yep. And for like the first 35 years of the program, it was always above 2.5%. And then just out of nowhere, it's um, seniors aren't getting into bumping their paychecks like they used to. Yep. And luckily, oil prices came down a bit for them, right? Yes and no. Oil prices <laughs> coming down means a slowdown in the world economies. Uh, it's not like, hey, it, here's a courtesy. The OPEC's given us a discount this year. It's it's there's not a lot of demand. A lot of not a lot of demand is going to slow world economies. Yeah, you know, I think that with seeing oil prices looking like they've bottomed for now, and I, you know, I hate making a call like that, but it looks like it's the the drop has stopped for now. Anyway, I think that global demand will be a little bit higher. The issue is Saudi Arabia selling as much oil as they possibly can during this period of time. Yeah, the question pe- is why. <laughs> just, just so you know, the worst case scenario, some people see oil going back down to $40 a barrel. Because where we are today versus where we were 15 years ago, there's so much more oil and there's less demand when oil was at last at 30 bucks. There's more oil now and less demand. So technically, if you, those two things hold true, mm-hmm. we could go down to $40 a barrel. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but... I don't, I don't see that happening. There you if go. That, that would cause a, a but slowdown. But you, you started this conversation with, we didn't... Everyone's thought interest rates are going to go higher. Yeah, and yeah. they didn't. You never know. You never know. I mean, that's a, it's kind of like as soon as you try to make a call or make some sort of a big directional bet, you could be wrong. And a lot of people out there need to realize the market's your friend in the long run. And this last correction, people. I mean, if you would have listened to financial media, especially CNBC, or you know, my favorites like the Bob Pisani out there, which annoys the you know what out of me. It's like, oh, this is the correction. This is the beginning of the next 20% bear market. Here we go. Here we go. And then a week later, the market snapped back. This is unbelievable. The buyers have come in and they acted like they called it. Yeah. And it's just such an emotional roller coaster for people that watch it all the time. The, which, again, I watch it with a grain of salt, but mm-hmm. I'd rather watch Bloomberg than CNBC. CNBC. I think CNBC is just for stupid people. <laughs> it's just the hype that's involved in it. It's yeah. just unreal. There's some good looking women on CNBC. I think Bloomberg, if you watch Bloomberg, yeah. if you. If you look at the eyes of the women on Bloomberg, amazing. Okay. Like whoever hires their news reporters focuses on the eyes. And see again, and we just did it. We're showing people who out there don't pay attention to financial media because right. people are financial experts. We just look at the women. On we just all turn into Homer Simpson. Ooh, she's pretty. <laughs> How about this for an email? This one comes in Rob at robblackshow.com. Hello, I have Roth IRA and TD Ameritrade, and I want to know which ETF I should invest in. There's a lot of field of ETF, but which is less risk? Which is high risk and which sectors is best for growth? I'm thinking about buying Apple, Home Depot, Starbucks, Walt Disney, American Airlines, Target, eBay, Intel, Panera Bread. For those stocks, what would be a good number to get? I bought Intel a few years back. Where's a good place to sell? Thanks. Same Shaw. Don't you love emails like this? Wow. Yeah. I mean. How, how old is Shaw? I how much say it, probably early 30s. How much income does he make? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, does he have a house? Does he have his wife? Does he have a kid? Or is it a Shaw, a male, a female? Like Shaw, so all, all over the board. This is this is why you start with total market indexes. 
with with index funds for your first hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Every stock that he mentioned in there yeah. is in a total stock market index. It's in a global index. They're all part of it. S and P five hundred, right? Um, and you can even like some of those I like. You know, Starbucks. I could. You and I can have a beer right now, and I could say I, I think Starbucks is probably going to go higher for the next tw- over the next twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, Intel, tough to say. I was speaking one with a <clears throat> guy at the gym the other day who was one of the original Intel kind of people back in the seventies, mm-hmm. and I said, "What has Intel done recently that's impressive?" He goes, "They didn't get into mobile," and uh, I said, "How about their chips? Is they've done anything?" Because like I stopped paying attention. It used to be the eighty eighty six, the two eighty six, the three eighty six, the four eighty six, the Palladium one, two, three, four. Now they have these i3, i5, i7s, and I, I can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but they make billions of dollars, and they buy back shares. So to me, it's more of a play on they got 85% of the semiconductor market and CPUs. That's, that's nice. Yeah, and what you just said, I'm sure Shah does not know anything <clears throat> at all about what you said. So it, there's there's so many questions in one email. It's just unreal. Well, to I, me, he's looking either at Either hire somebody that charges an hourly basis to get you started these are great. Just invest in indexes. I will say this: he's picking good names. Yeah, um, I will say targets. eBay and Target are my two iffy ones in there, um, as well as American Airlines. Yeah, I just yeah. don't like airlines, but airlines have been done great, and they're going to do great this year because they've really cut. They've really managed their businesses tightly, and they've been able to stick with higher prices. Uh, they'll benefit from lower oil, but like Target's just a big store. I'd rather own Costco. Costco is a big store, but it only has like twenty items for sale, whereas Target's a big store that has 2,000 items for sale. Different business models. Yeah, with Target, um, it's going to, how they handle the holiday season. They messed up last year so badly with changing their website right before the holiday season, the Canadian issue, all of those things are known. So I think, I think Target's on a, on the right path. We'll see. Okay. I'll arm wrestle you for that one. Mm Mm-hmm. With that said, you can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. We always have live speaking events coming up around the corner. You can learn about one at newfocusfinancial.com. The crunch of things, the ice is coming, the sun's zooming in, meltdown expected, the wheat is going to be engines. And we were bound to the city light. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. CFP Chad Burton is in studio with me today. ECB Bank stress tests, topic you and I were talking about during the commercial break. How do you think we should handle this with uh, explaining it to the audience? Well, that, see, that's, that's the headline news makes you react negatively. The Bloomberg alert that I got on my phone was ECB set to fail 25 banks in review draft document shows. So set to fail 25 banks, it sounds pretty drastic, right? Yep. That was actually as expected. So 100 banks passed the test um, for capital requirements and other issues. So I mean, they're, they're looking at their banking system. And a lot of people are asking about the 
shorter term performance, especially in uh, international funds, emerging markets, things like that. And, oh, should we sell? Should we sell? Should we sell? Which makes me want to buy when everybody's asking that question. There's a lot of value, especially in the emerging markets, of P ratios of 10 and yields of three and a half. But it, it, what's changed in the last quarter or so? You've got a German slowdown. You've got uh, ECB hasn't quite come together on a full plan to basically print more money. And uh, China's slowing down in terms of what they were providing to the rest of the emerging markets. Their growth is going to be more internal versus the big build-out, the big commodity boom that China was creating. So things have changed a bit, something to keep an eye on. Um, Europe's not in recession yet, but it's a possibility. But recessions provide pretty large buying opportunities. Because companies that are in those areas, they'll st- their stock prices will fall even though they might sell 60% of the U.S. So there's a lot of gems out there, especially in the small cap side, I believe. And also, I think a way of looking at this and arguing this is that recessions give companies a chance to figure out, do we really need this person? Let's downsize. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good opportunity because the headlines are supporting them. Oh, there's a slowdown. And then you look at like earnings out today. Uh, I would say nothing short of extraordinary out of the United States. Microsoft, UPS, Ford, Procter & Gamble. $11 billion repurchase of stock by Pfizer and KLL. KLA 10 cores announcing a $16 cash dividend. Like, ooh, a lot of positives in those headlines. Now, again, you could look at Amazon and go, disappointing, but they're always disappointing. I was happy to see their phone just totally flop. <laughs> Why is that? I own shares of Apple. But, yeah. And uh, sometimes Jeff Bezos gets in over his head. I mean, the phone had the, like the hologram thing that just felt like a gimmick even before you ever saw it. It was a gimmick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, my my son was talking to me about hologram phones and how cool that they're going to be, and I just kind of thought, why? And we'll get there. Yeah, I know. It, it just looks like it's. it reminds me of Star Wars. Yeah. When Luke sees Princess Leia on the R2-D2 hologram. That's you what know, it's like. Here we are. Have I ruined episode seven for you yet? No. Luke's the bad guy. <laughs> they're looking for Luke the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that he's not good. He's evil. So they're trying to recruit him to fight the new evil, but he is the new evil. You know, I think I was told that because isn't that in the books? Isn't that in the, I don't know. Who cares? (laughs) Let's not talk about Star Wars. A couple of financial issues. Like I said, Medicare Part B for those that are retired out there is going to remain unchanged for 2015. And it looks like 2016. Um, We've got new limits on 401k contributions. You excited, Rob? How much? Um, it's going up to $18,000 with, and then, a uh, $6,000 catch up. So it looks like, uh, you'll be able to put more in 2015 in a 401ks. IRAs stay the same, but oh, 401ks, will they go up $500 every two years? Um, it depends on the cost of living increase okay. because it's odd that the 401k contributions went up, but the IRA contributions did not go up. So feels like, feels like the standard IRA is kind of dead. Well, the reason why this doesn't feel sexy anymore like it used to. The reason why the standard IRA is dead is because if you have a employer sponsored four hundred one k, even if you don't contribute to it, if you have a four hundred one k available, even if you don't contribute to it, you start getting phased out of the ability to use a regular IRA starting at sixty one thousand dollars next year. So the the phase out's pretty large. That's why use the four hundred one k at least up to the match. Then you turn around and open up a Roth IRA. So, yeah, if, next, if you're going to turn 50 
by the end of 2015. Okay. okay. So if your birthday is December 31st, 2015, you're going to turn 50. Next year, you'll have the ability to put in $18,000 plus a $6,000 contra- uh, catch-up contribution. Gotcha. And the reason why I talk about that right now, everybody's in open enrollment, so they're looking at their health plans, they're looking at their 401ks and things like that. Um, mm. And some some companies only let you change your elective deferrals every quarter. So if you're next year, younger people have the ability to put an extra 500 bucks in their 401k, older people 1000 now, corporate matching on 401ks, mm-hmm. will that be affected by the extra money that people could throw into their 401ks? Nope. It just, uh, there's a there's a certain maximum annual amount that you can get in for, for really high compensated people, but for most people out there, it has no bearing on how much they can defer on their own money. 70%, 70% chance of showers tomorrow. So we're doing our event, rain or shine, just so you know. Yeah, weren't we going to play bocce ball or something like that? There's bocce ball outside, which is kind of fun. And fire pits. And- fun in the rain. I'll bring my uh, poncho. Oh, we'll move it inside, and here's the best thing. Can we move bocce ball inside? <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> right they the probably hallway. won't be happy, but yeah. we can do it. It might happen. I don't understand the rules We're going to be there for ball. three hours. So. What is the rule of bocce ball? Like, do you try to get it in the center, and you knock other people's balls out? Like, uh, Our producer it's just... Like, it's like shuffleboard. Oh, Chad has a phone call. Why did you answer that? Okay, I got that turned off. You know what's funny is no one calls me, so I just leave my phone on. I'm not loved. Anyhow, and anyway, um, okay, so 401k, that, that's good. Uh, stress test out of Europe, that's good. We've got that. Anything else that you want to hit in 30 seconds or less? Um, no, um, that's it. It's it's. It, my wife is going in for an ankle surgery, and I'm getting called over and over again, so I probably should take this call, huh? Maybe she, what if she dies? Oh, no. That's not going to happen. Or what if I she, can't believe you just said that. Well, it could happen. Like, they're gonna, Are they going to put her under? Yeah, right you, now. You know she scheduled I, a surgery when I was, you know, out of town, but it's she knew that was happening. So, yeah, that putting people under is tricky stuff, dude. I don't like it. Yeah, it's when they're trying to get your body as close to death as possible. Like that freaks me out. That's stuff that keeps me up at night. Does it? You got a surgery coming up? No, and, and then there's the whole Ebola thing. I heard there's a new patient in Portland at the hospital who has Ebola. Yeah, I think where she's getting an operation. <laughs> where she is getting yeah. the operation, exactly. Yeah. And, and her that, cab driver that took her there is the same one that transported the Ebola patient. Yeah. <laughs> and the surgeon's last name is uh, Edgar Bola. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm getting out of this hospital now. <laughs> I'm getting a little nervous. Dr. Ebola, paging Dr. Ebola. <laughs> something out of a Pee Wee Herman movie. I hear they're making another one. Really? Yeah. I thought he would just be done and gone. He's a very... Um, Resilient. He's been in a lot of like TV shows. So he's in one right now. Or, uh, he's in Hannibal. He plays a, uh, a character, a recurring character on that show. See, I don't watch series until they're like six years old. I, I'm I, still I, working my way through Breaking Bad. I read about series. I don't actually watch them. So anyway, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. This is not my beautiful house. And you may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful wife. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm joined today by CFP Chad Burton. New home sales came out this morning. They were flat in the month of September after big downward revision to August's report. New home sales rose two-tenths of a percent to an annualized pace to 467000 We were expecting home sales to fall about 6.8% in September. Um, this is kind of interesting because... The median home sale price in September was $259,000. The average was 313000 So housing's recovered, but it has significantly slowed in the last year. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those... What are we down? 1.5% year-over-year basis? I am... Um, the number I heard recently. Yeah, I, I think it's going to depend on what part of the country you're in. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's when real estate becomes really local, local, local. But, uh, yeah, the low rates are helping homes... And I would hate to see where they are if interest rates did move up. And that's going to be one of the big, I'm not going to say cataclysms, but when interest rates go back up to a normal level, it's going to be interesting Um, because they say a 1% move in mortgage rates could affect a home price 10 to 20% lower. Right. And so we have, when did the majority of the short sales take place? It was probably 2011, 2012 timeframe by the time... People yeah, they, short sold their house. Yeah, they're starting to weed out for sure. And then, so these people, when they come back into the market, usually they're going to go for FHA loan where they can do you know five to ten percent down. And there's a four year waiting period now. So FHA went from a three year recently to a four year on the short sale waiting time to get an FHA approved loan. Okay. So I mean that could put out till 2017 before some of those people are able to actually buy again. I'm with you. Um, some of the options that people have gone to, they can go to local credit unions sometimes, can do a portfolio-based loan that's similar to FHA loan, and still get into a deal. Yeah. Um, at the same time, those people you know, in the Bay Area trying to get into a house when they can't afford a normal loan or 20% down on Bay Area property. Or- There's a house on my street that's going to offend you. <clears throat> it's got 2,100 square feet, mm-hmm. and it just listed for $1.8 million. Yeah, and somebody will probably buy it for cash. It'll probably put down too. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little silly right now. It's in a good school district. Yeah. And but it's on Rob Black Street. I mean, come on. I'm 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 <laughs> beloved on my street. I babysit my neighbor's kids. Like that's how cool I am. I'm beloved on my street. Radio, I'm a jerk. That's fine. I get it. <laughs> it's therapy. Absolutely. Um anything else out there? Like are you worried that housing will like change the Economic dynamics of not clients, but people out there and the way they save. Because I know people that still want to buy yeah. a 2,100 square foot house for $2 million. It's it's kind of interesting to see what's going on here. Um, what do they call the term in, J- in Japan? Something parasite. Um, single parasite or something like that where you've got this aging population okay. and you've got these kids that are more – they're more satisfied staying at home, eating good meals and – spending their money on technology on clothes and things like that they're they're not as concerned about being out on their own and so they're they're staying at home longer they're staying single longer and they're not out buying homes and and really like excited about getting out of the house to buy their own home it's just um i think we call it hipsters here uh i'm not sure what they i think it's something single parasites in japan I uh, was reading an article recently about... <laughs> Just skipped right over that. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to support you. Um, I was reading an article from small business owners in Toulouse, mm-hmm. and one of them, a guy named Charlene Petit, 
uh, he owned a bagel cafe. He's like, I've had enough. I've been here at this for three years, but I'm not haven't been able to pay myself since January. You get taxed. You get taxed if you make money. You get taxed if you lose money as a business owner. Um, even when you're not making money, you get taxed. He had to lie about his income to get an apartment. Then he got taxed on that extra income that he didn't really have. Like, this is what America's facing down the road. And they say that we're fighting a war right now with our children, that we're winning. The adults are winning because we're just saying, you know what, let's let's increase Social Security. Let's, you know what, let's fight this war. You know what, let's let's go spend money over here. So we're taking our kids' future money away, and right. it's going to end up looking like France, where your kid's going to say, "You know what? I, I can't afford to be in business. I'd rather give me what give take whatever the government's willing to give me to live at home." You know, and what that brings me to is people that get super afraid of selling assets to pay taxes. And okay. the, the reason why I bring this up is capital gains taxes right now are the lowest that they've ever been in the twenty two years that I've been in the business. So it's fifteen percent for most people. If you make over four hundred and fifty thousand, it could be up to 23.8% federal. So a lot of people put off and try to not sell assets and they get super concentrated positions. When they eventually sell, I think capital gains taxes will be higher. Yeah. Um, I hope not. I hope we get some sort of a major tax overhaul, but every time, you know, we want that, all they do is add more pages to our ridiculous tax code. So one thing's for sure is that we're at an extremely low tax bracket now Corporate taxes look really high at 35%, but there's so many loopholes that people are escaping that. So they just need a flat tax type of system. Um, now they're attacking these inversions, yeah. which I think I think is fair. I mean, if I was probably on Capitol Hill, I'd probably try to attack those inversions as well. But I would attack it a different way. I would make a much more fair tax system. Close all the loopholes, but it's 15%. Yeah. And you would probably get more revenue. Revenue has gone up. I mean, look, we got budget deficit numbers. The economy has improved. So the revenue went up and our budget deficit went down by quite a bit, more than expected. I'm with you. Just trying to think. Business friendly. That's what we need to be. Mm, Not going to happen under this administration. No, no. It's two years. We're going to be stuck. Yep. In fact, uh, Hillary Clinton was out there today, you know, slamming big banks. And, uh, it's a popular way to get elected. It's a horrible way to run a country. Yep, that's right. So economically speaking, so I should start a campaign that I hate big banks because then people right. would would love me. Yeah, no doubt. So not only do I kiss babies, babysit babies, but I hate big banks. What about big babies? I can't lie, I like big babies. <laughs> <laughs> babies got back. <laughs> oh, good golly! So France is a mess. Um, I worry about you know. The whole European Union breaking up. Um, Secretly, I bet Germany's pulling for it. Well, yeah, because they end up having to finance all the debt and all the losers. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if I was Germany, I probably would. But the the issue, I mean, they're unexpectedly slowing down the last quarter now. So we'll see how many quarters in a row that this happens and if it's a trend. But that's that's kind of a concern. we so just, as, a, as a guy who controls portfolios, are yeah. you increasing exposure to Europe or decreasing exposure Slightly to decreasing. We're actually changing it to more of a value approach um, because there's still a lot of um, really good opportunities out there that aren't just dependent, just because they're housed there, just because their buildings are there, doesn't mean they're only focused on the European economy. But that play, because of the slowdown in Germany and the slowdown in China, which is looking to be more real than not in terms of struggling to stay over 7%, it's not necessarily an overweight. And we've got P ratios of 15. So it's slightly better than the U.S. The yields are twice as much. 
where the, the attractive companies are in emerging markets, but it's tough to overweight you know, retirement portfolios drastically in emerging markets just because they're fundamentally attractive. It's very volatile. Right. So a lot of investors just can't stomach that type of... You get paid off very well in a five to 10 year period, but you're talking 20% moves are very common in emerging markets in either direction. Okay. So it's... Uh, and one of the things too is it's... What you're clearly seeing right now is a resurgence in the U.S. dollar, something that looks like it could be trending that way for five plus years. So if that's the case and it's breaking above certain levels that it looks like the dollar will continue to go and, and then you know break through, I think it was 2007 highs. I don't have the chart in front of me, 2007 or nine. If, if that's the case, you, you have to do some hedging against currency. And there's some really good funds out there where you can get into those stocks, but also hedge out the euro dollar exposure yep. very simply. And that's, that's kind of a new thing for investing. So those are some of the things that we're looking at. I was bringing that up because I think it plays off. You said volatility and volatility is dramatic and some people don't want to drop in their portfolios in retirement. But in the industry that I work in, in financial media, there's a lot of commercials right now for trading academies that basically guarantee success. But before they do that, they go, the stock market is ready for its next big crash. And I look and I'm like, for the last five years, we're up 230%. If you were to give, put me in a space capsule, you know, and go back in time, like, what a, an amazing run. Like, that's, like, that's better than Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that makes me giddy, getting that kind of return, um, especially my 401k. But with that being said, um, we still play off fear. And it amazes me that commercials get away with what they get away with as far as selling fear. I've got a real life example. I'll have him on the air soon. Of uh, so he's actually our for our company. I buy my health insurance through him, just because I, I worked with him way back before I started New Focus Financial, and he concentrated in the company that we are in. He was really focused on health insurance. Well, he's went through a really tough time as a health insurance agent through this Affordable Care Act change. I mean, it, their their business has changed drastically. The commissions have been drastically cut. Um. He he is in Oregon too, so Oregon ditched their plan. It was a total disaster, unlike California. Okay. So now they're having to. He's having to like in the next month and a half rewrite ninety families on new plans. So he was just miserable. In the last couple of years, he was trying to learn how to be a trader, even though he was kind of in the financial business wow. before. So he was telling me a story of he wasted ten thousand dollars on one seminar. And the whole process of how he gets sucked into these deals twice where he's paid to be trained. Yeah. And then they don't know any more than anybody else. And if they did, they were not going to teach you. I'm not going to tell you about it. If I have a great system or some sort of a formula, I'm not going to tell you because as soon as you do it, it's not going to work anymore. Absolutely. But they're allowed to advertise. That's that kills me. Anyway, you can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. You can't get enough. 
So the whole Ebola thing rolls on. A doctor who was on the front line comes back to New York City. Drives around in an Uber car, goes for a three-mile run, goes to a bowling alley. And uh, now he's quarantined. Guess what's happened to the bowling alley? Shut down. How about Uber? No one wants to get in Uber cabs right now because it could be the one that he was in. People are freaking out. It's and we have it on such a small scale of really right now. It's you know it's the doctors at the front line, and it. I don't know, Chad. Any thoughts on Ebola in the stock market? Buying opportunities or are you going after any of the medical equipment companies, the companies making the hazmat suits? Well, I like the healthcare anyways. I think that's kind of short term thingy because then you got to know when to sell. You know what I mean? It's if it's a diversified healthcare company and they already catered to that or they're working on a vaccine that you know looks you know, it's just a reason to maybe put a little bit more into it um where the opportunities are going to lie is things like airline stocks and you know the stuff that people stay away from the fear that creates the sell that creates a sell price a price that's well beyond what the damage to the revenue is going to be like we saw a lot of in 2009 that's where the opportunities long-term opportunities tend to lie. And I'd rather people look for long-term opportunities and get into something that gives them short-term gratification. It's up 20, 30%. And then when the whole fear thing is over, it falls back down to below where they bought it. And then they just get turned off of investing. Yeah. And there's like a company called Quintiles, ticker symbol Keel, sitting at basically a 52-week high where what they do is medical tests, lab tests. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the right idea to go after you know the whole healthcare spectrum, but not because of Ebola. Because you know Ebola is small compared to what SARS was not too many years ago. Does it have the potential to get much worse? Yes, but the whole SARS thing again just tells us that we're getting older, and as we get older, more more tests. So that's always fun, right? Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be some some sort of a fear factor out there, in terms of a mutation or a superbug or whatever. I mean, as long as we've been in the business, we've been dealing with these headlines. I heard a doctor talking the other day. Um, the country club that I go to. It's not country club. It's a tea club kind of thing. It's not quite a country club. It's not quite a gym. It's not 24-hour fitness, but it's all doctors and me. <laughs> and like, how do I fit into this? As long as I can get my swole on there, I'm fine. Um, which we're going to be at tomorrow from 3 to 5. If people want to sign up at robblack.com. We're doing a little meet and greet social event. I'm going to uh, doing curls in the corner. <laughs> that would be awesome if you were. <laughs> But um, squats everywhere. What was it? Oh, the doctor was talking about him. He just got a gig being on the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, medical staff, oncologist for Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm like oncologist. He said Mario Lemieux a couple years ago had that non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and he donated a lot of money. And he heard Mario Lemieux talk about the story about how healthcare has changed in just five to 10 years. He said, when I got it, I had to go from doctor to doctor from you know, third floor to second floor to fourth floor to sixth floor. And he goes, now they just do, you know, they take a little bit of blood and they're done. Like, you're done. They're going to send it to where they need to send it. All the testing is going to get done. Of course, it's not going to be free. Mm-hmm. But um, so there's some efficiencies that have come into the healthcare industry as much as uh, any other industry with technology. Um, so I, what sort of healthcare would you go after? Would you go after like a Vanguard healthcare fund for the average listener out there? That's the fund that's done remarkably well over time. Yeah, and there's an ETF version too that that's in healthcare, um, and I believe it's in many of the brokerage firms. It's one of those free trade ETFs. Okay. Um, 
boy, T. Rowe Price Life Science is fun. That was, I, I believe right now that's close to new investors. Yeah. Um, so T. Rowe Price has done really well in that area. Um, Would you ever go with a closed-end ETF? Every once in a while, but the the issue with the closed-end ETFs, you got to remember, is they can trade at wild premiums or discounts to yeah. their underlying assets. But don't you... The massive discounts, like if you were probably to find a European ETF that's closed, it might be at 20 to 30% off. Yeah. And that may give you some downside Even protection. regular ETFs can trade at a discount or premium to their underlying assets. But closed-end funds, the way they work, a little bit differently. The, the best time to look at those is when you have a wild movement in fixed income okay. and a big sell-off, like in 2009 when high yield just got you know hammered down 30 40%. That's when you kind of look or the closed-end funds in the fixed-income areas for big discounts. What are you working on right now as far as investment themes go? Um, it's just reviewing you know, how China and Germany is affecting emerging markets. Um, and then in terms of European exposure, I don't believe that you get rid of it all in any way, shape, or form. But like I said, it looks like at this, we're at an inflection point where the dollar is going to continue to increase in value versus the euro. So to get that value squeezed out to is it worth hedging out the euro dollar effect on your international investments? Okay. Um, so I say yes, but in portion. So we're kind of two holdings that are similar. One's hedged and one's unhedged and we're not, and we're to keep a close eye on it. Anything else that you want to make us aware of? We've got about a minute. Oh no, let's talk about uh, next hour on some pretty important success factors for retirement. There's a good Good article at Morningstar.com right now on six success factors in retirement real quickly. It's flexible retirement date. I'm dealing with another family member that is trying to retire way too early just because they're a certain age. Okay. They're not going to make a healthy retirement. I'm not going to tell you. But it is someone directly in your family? They are related. Another person that's related. This is why I, like, I don't like to do planning for friends and family because of the same Is this like a fruit bat or something? It is a fruit bat, yes, that has a bully. <laughs> you are related to a fruit bat Ebola. that started Ebola. Like, I always say a bully instead of Ebola. 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 That makes Ebola. sense. Ebola. Um, successful Social Security strategy. Okay. Um, large enough stock allocation. Well, I'll throw a family member under the bus if you do next hour. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> take out all family. See if we can't get some radio management figures thrown under the bus, too. <laughs> Did you hear what that guy makes? He's not saving enough money. We'll take a break. Here for a long time. We'll take a break here. You're listening to CFP Chad Burton. New focus on wealth is his show every day from 12 to 1 here on this station. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So make angels in the snow, love a little while, if we know you grasp for everything you do, be careful though the lights are wrong. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. 
Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Show dedicated to getting you to retirement, focusing on, on wealth, focusing in on how to create it. I don't think we're caught up in wealth in any way, shape, or form. When I say we, I'm talking about certified financial planner Chad Burton sitting in today. Um, what is the, the gaudiest thing you own? What's the most extravagant thing that you've created wealth in your life that you... Oh, that's easy. What's that? A Nautique G23 wakeboard, wake surf boat. Okay. It's ridiculous. So it's my midlife crisis. <laughs> but now I've been a water sports nut, you know, as long as you've known me. So That's fair. I, mean, I still enjoy a good powder day much better than a day on the water, but how much is that? Boat like that? Um, they're over a hundred. Wow. Yeah. Wakeboarding boats are in especially wake surfing boats now are getting very expensive. How many boats have you owned since I've known you? Just two. Okay. You did something kind of interesting when you bought your boat. You kinda of like became a dealer or something like that? Yeah, yeah. The first boats that we bought, there's affairs out of Canada. There wasn't anybody selling them on the West Coast. So in order to be able to write them off, we actually did the boat show. Three three of us got together. We all bought these boats. And the two friends of mine were actually very serious about getting the dealer's license for it. Okay. I was a salesman. I had a local radio show at the time. Okay. And so we promoted the heck out of the boats and the events. And we made a legitimate attempt. Okay. How many boats did you sell? <laughs> they sold... They sold one. And then a, a major dealer in the Northwest went over their heads after the boat show and put a large order in. And really ticked them off so um yeah didn't not a success story by any means but definitely a good write-off story a legit write-off story it was an attempt that's the thing people you know they try to create these businesses to get these oh you'd start a business you get all these write-offs as soon as yeah. you lose money three years in a row the, the irs considers it a hobby not only does it drastically increase your chances for an audit but after you after three years it's a hobby and you can't do it anymore so not legally so yeah, well, they'll find out. Red flags are pretty easy. As yeah. soon as you go self-employed, you're filing a Schedule C or any kind of a corporate return, your chances for audit go way up. But they, I do say that, um, you know, when we talk about wealth at times, ideally, if you can be a legitimate entrepreneur mm -hmm. and you can have a spouse who legitimately works at like a Microsoft or IBM or some big company. Yeah, with the benefits where they can cover the whole family, yeah. even though you don't work there. That's huge because... And the tax write-offs for the entrepreneur. Right. But the problem that entrepreneurs need to realize before they go become the boss is that you're the boss and the employee, and you pay both half of the FICA. So you automatically, right out of the gate, you have to make about 20 to 30% more gross income than when you are working for somebody else just to break even after FICA and all the employee benefits. So people go self-employed all the time without a plan, without realizing that they have to make more, without a business plan. And then they create a a business that 
they have so much more to do because they didn't systematize everything. They're not only the boss, but they're the employee as well as the boss. And, and they're miserable. If they do it without a plan, without a business plan, no matter how small they are, they tend to become miserable. So, I found that business plans when I started 20 plus years ago, um, they change a lot, but they're good to have. They're very good to have, yeah. So, but your assumptions are usually way off. Um, <clears throat> and sometimes it's just like a changing technology that comes out of nowhere. Well, business plan assumptions should be just like your retirement plan con- assumptions. You very conservative on your growth rates, very conservative, so that you can come in and beat them and make sure you're not going to bankrupt the company if you don't miss make those growth rates. <laughs> so, just like retirement, I mean, people that you know if they invested too conservatively and they've been eating through their funds in retirement with 80% in the fixed income market. And now the fixed income market is earning, you know, 3% yields versus the six when they retired, they're going to run into a problem. So you always have to update your projections, whether you're in retirement, or whether you're self-employed. With that said, there's an article at Morningstar that you wanted to talk a little bit about. Is it Morningstar.com? Yeah. Yeah. Morningstar.com. Success, uh, success factors in retirement by, uh, Christine Benz, who tends to be a pretty decent writer there. And the first one, you know, I glance at these articles all the time, and this is a pretty good one because a flexible retirement date. That's success factor number one. So, so what does that mean? That's pretty obvious, right? But I've dealt with a second kind of acquaintance slash family member that just because they're hitting 67, which is going to be their age that they think they're, that's the best social security age for them and everything else, they're going to retire. They're going to head for the hills. Okay. Well, yeah, it's fine if they want to become a hermit because they've got about $180,000 saved up for retirement in addition to Social Security. So they've done no projections with inflation and expenses and everything else, realizing that they're going to be living basically off Social Security by the time they're 85 years old. And that's it. That's all they're going to have. So you own a home? Oh, you need to repair a roof? Where are you going to get the money? Right. So a flexible retirement day, because a lot of people don't realize that and they sit down and do a couple of projections and say, well, what if you work another three years? Or maybe you hate this job, so go get a part-time job for another 10 years. And that will increase your success factor. You keep factor talking greatly. about getting part-time jobs as a senior citizen. Are there that many part-time jobs out there for seniors? Um, it's not going to be typically in your career field unless you can find a job sharing okay. type of situation. Like I um, might be able to pour wine, like move to nap and do that. Yeah, and Walmart but, doesn't seem to have greeters anymore. I'm not going. I'm gonna, not going to Walmart. I don't know what you're going to do then. I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep my my batting average of of zero four. I've never been in a Walmart. Oh, I'm wrong. I've I've been in one. I just remembered in Hawaii, bitter, <laughs> bitter. So maybe I will be a Walmart. It's funny. Leader. Everybody goes to Walmart in Hawaii because that's where they get the uh, reef walker shoes <laughs> and the swim noodles. It's cheaper to go if you're going to go rent a snow. Uh, uh, here, here's a little trick for you: if you're going to go to Hawaii and rent a surfboard, like several times a, a day, it's almost cheaper to go get one of the buy a surfboard at Costco. Okay. Then go rent. So a little trick: even if you're not going to take it home, it's typically cheaper because when you go rent a surfboard, they give you the foam ones. There you go. Buy. Okay, thank you, Brandon. Did, did that go out over the air? Or? No. Okay. So Brandon. <laughs> said that the producers would buy a used surfboard and then sell it when you leave. I don't know how much time you have on vacation, but I don't have time to Craigslist when I'm in Hawaii. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. I could always steal one. You could set up the purchase, I guess, before you go there, meet them right when you get off the plane. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of work. 
I almost, somebody tried to uh, do a, s- a scam on me um, when we were running a house in Puerto Rico. Did I tell you about that? No. So we were going through Home Away, and the original place that we had um, wasn't going to allow the number of people that we were going to have at dinner every night because it was for my brother's wedding. Okay. So we had this nice hacienda rented. So we ended up going to a condo by the beach and finding in the area where the rest of the family was. And this guy, um, you know, I kept contacting him about his house, and he's texting me saying, oh, I'm on vacation in the Dominican Republic. Can you just email or text me? And so then we started to work out, you know, when I was going to stay there and everything else. He said, okay, we'll show up at the property and pay me when you get there. And I'm like, pay when I get there. Um, yeah, just bring cash or a um, money order. <laughs> like, do you think I'm stupid? You think I'm going to show up in Puerto Rico, which by the way, I'm never going to go back to. And, uh, and with cash or a cashier's check made out to you, Say some- I, I called the guy an idiot by text. <laughs> so. Say something stupid about Puerto Rico. It's just I don't why would know. you ne- why would you never go back? Be- it's just Say something it's not smells. an ideal location. I mean, the surf isn't that great. Okay. You got San Juan and you got Flamenco Beach Island or whatever. We had a good time snorkeling, but did you go to that bay that's got the fish that light up in the middle of the night? The luminescent bay. Yeah. No, and it's I you know I guess there's there's been too many people going, so the. the they're having an issue with not wanting people to go as much. So the fish don't luminous anymore. I think it's starting to be an issue, but I don't know. We didn't make it to that one. That's one thing we did want to do. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You will not find him ever in Puerto Rico. <laughs> You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back into the show. I'm one of your hosts today, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. If you want to get your calls on the air, I love your money questions. Comments on business, economy, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Before the break, Rob and I were talking about a pretty decent article at Morningstar.com by Christine Benn, Six Success Factors for Retirement. Number one was... A flexible retirement date. It's amazing to me how many people I run into that pick a year of retirement versus a financial goal for retirement. And that financial goal has to change. It's got to be flexible because of interest rates and the economy. And part of what I talk about is always having three years worth of expenses in cash five years prior to retirement so that by the time you get to retirement, if the market's down, you can still retire and you have the cash to work with. But a flexible retirement date, because if you run the projections and you look at situations where I tell people or any of my CFPs tell people, hey, if you retire now, you're likely to run out of money at age 86, for example, or 85. But if you show them that if you work for two more years, so rather than drawing from your portfolio for these two years, you work and you feed your portfolio, your money could last till age 90, 95. Three years, four years, five years might get you to 100. And then they say, I can't do this job for another three years. I hate it. I'm miserable. I can't stand the people in the cubicle next to me. Maybe it's something like that. Fine, go do something else that you enjoy. You might get paid less, but you have to do it for 10 years. And some people, that works for them. It's, it's a second career, second life plan. You have to be flexible, though, on your retirement date. And part of that is having a well-considered Social Security strategy because, as you've heard me talk about before, very rarely anymore does it make sense to take Social Security 
at the earliest age of 62 because of the drastic reduction in benefits. Now, if you're not very healthy and you're single and you're 62 years old, then go ahead and take it. But if you think you're going to live past age 80, then trying to hold off and come up with strategies of file and suspend and spousal benefit tricks that I've talked about on the show before, waiting from your full retirement age, which is typically 66 now to age 70, is an 8% rate of return on your money, which is important to squeeze any rate of return out that you can because interest rates are going to be low for a considerable period of time. Economic events, currency printing around the world, currency flows back into the U.S. buying our bonds, keeping the prices high and the rates low. Interest rates are going to be low for a good period of time. So make sure you max out the Social Security. And have a large enough stock allocation. Now, the reason why we talk about this is because stocks, a lot of good stocks, dividend achievers yielding you know 2% to 3.5%, sometimes even more. And people are using them for bond alternatives, which is fine, but you have to be able to weather the storm on volatility. So if you get a 15 20% market correction, you're not going to panic and sell. As long as the company's continuing to raise the dividend, continue to hold. You get paid to wait. So having a large enough stock allocation, that's where you're going to get your growth, your income plus your growth. So typically, if you set aside and you look at your portfolio in two places, having three years worth of expenses in cash... And then you look at the rest of the money, at least, you know, around 50 to 55% of that should be in equities, unless you can't handle the risk at all. And you have a lot of money, you can afford to be more conservative, but you need a decent amount of stock exposure throughout retirement. Success factor number four, a dynamic spending strategy. And this is one where it's, it's, this is a good example is we're not going to have much inflation. Social security, Medicare part B hasn't, isn't going to go up in cost next year. Oil prices have come down. So 2015 is probably not a year to increase your portfolio draw rate just to keep up with inflation because there's not going to be much. And if you have a market correction, you might want to try to spend a little bit less that year. So having a dynamic spending strategy and reviewing that once or twice a year is very important. Flexibility in retirement, living expenses kind of goes hand in hand with that. And then also vigilant looking at portfolio costs. Rob, I got an email from somebody that's going to be coming to the event this Saturday. Okay. And basically they said, hey, I'm not going to bring my whole portfolio, but my insurance agent is is pitching me this this annuity. Right. And it was an Allianz annuity. And they circled the big parts of it, which is 6% guaranteed income for life. And okay, so that that's great. All they're doing is that if you invest in this variable annuity, which is going to have like 60% in equities, 40% in bonds, so 60, 40 stock bond inside sub-accounts, what they're guaranteeing is that they're going to give you 6% income. And if the, the contract ever goes to zero, let's say it goes to zero when you're 80, because really bad market performance, they'll continue to pay you for the rest of their life. If you actually go back and run the numbers, that's really only guaranteeing about 3.5-4% on your original investment, which isn't much. And we've never had a 10-year period where a balanced portfolio has lost money. And this thing is a loaded product. They would, have been, they would be stuck in it for 10 years. Overall fees, 3.5%. 3.5%. So yeah, it'll make you feel better and sleep at night, but it will, it will drastically decrease the amount of money left over for your heirs. And there's no load versions of it. So you know, there's no free lunch on Wall Street. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Those guarantees aren't as good as you think. And if you get pitched this by an insurance agent, you just realize there's always a no-load product out there somewhere where you can find it through somebody that's not trying to make a commission. 
Why is it that annuities are so confusing? Why is it that that 6% guarantee really isn't a 6% guarantee? Yeah, I mean, really, it's it's a running out of money guarantee. It's not a principal guarantee. Um, it's, you know, I don't, I don't know why, Rob. I mean, it's there's a cost of doing business. Sure. So they calculate that cost. They put those fees in the prospectus. And then your, you know, insurance agents and advisors are, you have to give the prospectus. Nobody reads those things. Very rarely has somebody that... I'm just surprised that industry has been reformed. <clears throat> because well, like... Um, all you have to do is look at, you know, Google FINRA lawsuits. Yeah. And the biggest ones have to do with private REITs and variable annuities. So what you should you do? Stay away from private REITs and loaded variable annuities. Stay away. I, I mostly agree. <clears throat> but again, I'm, I'm, I'm just upset that it has been regulated on some level. Because like... Um, I use Geico and USAA for insurance because they don't have insurance agents mm-hmm. who are, I question their, their motives. Like, why are you putting me in this policy? Like, uh, because I've seen too many lawsuits. I've seen too many people ruined financially because of insurance agents. And, you know, we laugh about insurance agents. We make fun of them in popular culture. Comedians are like, hey, did you hear the one about the insurance agent? <laughs> like, you know, USAA works with Progressive on the um, voters policies, watercraft policies and things like that. What are, you, what are you trying to say? I just let you know because I'm a big fan of USA. I've used them for years yeah. and years. Yeah, my dad was in the military, so um, just thought I'd throw that out there, just so you know. Have you had conversations with your kids? Like, because I have USA, you should have USA one day. Don't mess this up. No, but I have with my mom. <clears throat> okay, so she's been looking at USA. Okay, as well. Um, reverse mortgages. I want to. I got, I've got USA, and I won't ever mess it up. Yeah, auto insurance is the cheapest. I've ever found. It's the service for me. It's just excellent. I've heard anyway, their service has gone down. Are we going to get paid for this spot? Because I feel like we should get paid right now from USA. There, have I ever gotten paid? <laughs> <clears throat> Minimum I'm wage. Just glad they still insure me. Yeah. <laughs> let's, just, let's just go with that. That's fair. You can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You can find me at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. World Series fever. I've had about enough of it. I work at a news station that uh, this is the only shot I'll take at them because I think on a lot of levels they're just fantastic. But anytime there's an event like a World Series, they're like, take a picture of your kids in their favorite Giants gear and send it in. Take a picture of your kids in their favorite San Francisco 49ers gear and send it in. It's not news. That's, face- <laughs> that's Facebook. It is Facebook. That's not news. It's definitely Facebook. 
But <clears throat> by the way, people on Facebook, we don't care what you had for lunch or when you're going to the gym, just so you know. Keep in mind, you posted a picture on Facebook of you wakeboarding in a Halloween costume. No, that was my son. Oh, was it was wake son? surfing, okay. which is, it was pretty funny too. But again, <laughs> I don't care about... Then get off Facebook if you don't care. You complain about it. It's just because you have like two friends. <laughs> uh, Facebook can be very annoying and a time suck though. It's a massive time suck. Yeah, but it's such a great spot. I mean, I use it as a photo album. So I'm that, um, look at this Instagram video. I'm the, then people hit 35 and all they post is so many pictures of the kids. It makes you sick. That's a great, that's one of the best college humor videos ever is the, look at this Instagram. I have no clue what you're talking about. Oh, you got it. I'll, I'll give I'll, I'll put a link up on the <laughs> Facebook page for new. Will it be the link from the, the monster wake surfing? <laughs> I'll put that up there too. You can see my son in a, in a very scary clown outfit, wake surfing. Um, it was great. Cause, uh, when the iPhone six commercial came out and part of the iPhone six was the stabilization, you know, camera yeah. that everybody was just the reason why I actually upgraded to the six. A good friend of mine is a professional wake surfer. Sean Cummings was in that commercial. So, um, after his all, he had a, you know, uh, non-disclosure. He couldn't tell anybody what he went to LA to tape for, but we all knew he brought his boat and nobody knew why. So afterwards he could, he, so everybody, there was a huge crew and everybody had the iPhone six, but it was surrounded in, in uh, cardboard. So they were filming the commercial with the iPhone six with a big piece of cardboard like this that was strapped to them. So like if it fell out, it wouldn't fall into the water and there was security and everything else. It was, it was, it was, it was cool to see wake surfing, make it into an iPhone six video. So when you see an iPhone six, that commercial yeah. and you see a wake surfer do a 360 on it, that's Sean Cummings. Dollar Bill. That's his nickname. So maybe. We should just do a show about Ebola. Hey, everybody. It's me, Doc Bola. Yeah. And Chad Burton talking wake surfing. That's right. Do you have I could talk wake surfing. I wish I could make story? money wake surfing. That would be great. Uh, no, but I was actually just texting some folks in New York. And uh, like, is there, there a panic level at all? And somebody from a fund institution that I work with there said, nobody's even said anything about it yeah. in the office. So there's no panic level. There's a little bit. Mm-hmm. People, they said the people use the subway like normal, even though that's the route the doctor took. Probably some a lot of good sales of disinfectant wipes. I'm not going to lie. I got on the plane yesterday. Yeah. Wipe down the armrests. Disinfectant wipes. Okay. So you're that guy. Yep. So, I do that anyway, so prior to a pull, because planes are nasty. You brought up, um, yeah, they are. You brought up someone named Christine Benz mm-hmm. um, at Morningstar. Who else do you like? What other resources do you go to to come up with I'm show horrible ideas? With names, Rob. No, 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 no. You don't um, so, have to do names. Just resources. Like, do you, LA Times any value most to you? Uh, no, I, I mean, I do a lot of Wall Street Journal. I always peruse bankgrade.com. They have some decent articles that they, you know, bring in there, which also tends to be at Wall Street Journal, Finance Section, Bloomberg. Um, a lot of the stuff's like Financial Advisor Magazine or Advisor One. So some of the kind of. Industry publications is where I get a lot of the stuff that I talk about. And, I mean, let's be honest. There's only so many financial topics on radio that are going to work. So I feel like I repeat myself, I don't know, every six months or so. When there's a change, like, for example, I was, I was talking to you a little bit about the on the first break about reverse mortgages have yep. changed a little bit. And when I first got in the business, 20 for the plus, better for the worse. For the better. And they continue to change for the better as a plan B for people. When I first got into the business, there was reverse mortgage agents that were also annuity salesmen. So they would con older people to take money out of their home 
buy an annuity with it. And they were making 25% plus commissions. Um, and it was sad and it got heavily regulated. Um, now it's, it's a much more regulated area and it can come into play for people in several ways. One is if you're trying to maximize what you do have left and you don't have any continue to work options out there, people can use a reverse mortgage to hold off taking social security so that their social security benefit grows. And why that's so important is because remember their surviving spouse takes the bigger check when the first person dies. So if husband had the most money and he's not in great health, he should still take and he should still try to wait to take social security until 70 if the wife's going to live a long period of time. Um, One of the things that senior people have been facing though, is that second marriages, right? So you get, you get together or a relationship where they never got married but they've been living together for 15, 20 years on a, on a reverse mortgage. When the person that dies, that took out the mortgage, when they die, that's when the home has to be sold or the loan has to be paid off. So there was, I guess, a lot of cases where a kind of a common law type of spouse was being kicked out of the house. So recent changes, HUD allows non-borrowing spouses of a reverse mortgage, um, to continue on with that mortgage. The other thing is, is that now if, you have a non, you can't take a reverse mortgage out until you're 62. Yep. But now if you have a spouse that's younger than 62, you can, as long as the older one is 62, but they, they, the amount of money you can take out is reduced and it's based on the life expectancy of the younger spouse. So there's some good changes there. Um, you know what I don't like about reverse mortgages? What's that? They encourage old Californians to stay put, stay put. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I want them to go to Florida. So, well, that's the other thing too, is in now on a reverse mortgage, if you are downsizing your house, um, you can, you can now use a reverse mortgage to do that. Okay. Um, uh, let me pull up, talk about something else for a minute. Cause what I was going to talk about, I just lost it on my screen here. So a couple uh, failed business ventures that I've had recently, I tried to open up a hotel on Guantanamo Bay. That didn't go well. <laughs> My t-shirt shop in the air in the um, airports that sold I Heart Ebola shirts didn't go well. <laughs> Actually, I bet that would sell really, really well. <laughs> you know, as a joke, and this is just my sense of humor. I want to get on a plane. I'm going to get on a plane this weekend. Mm-hmm. Splash my face with a lot of water before I get on the plane, <laughs> <laughs> and just cough a lot. <laughs> just grab the airbag and just start hurling. <laughs> not, not for real, but just. <laughs> Or go into the bathroom. Uh, now, have you seen these newscasters that are doing stories of people getting off a bus and throwing up? No. Like, big deal. People still will get sick and throw up in public places, but now it's a potential case of Ebola. Okay. I haven't seen that. No, what what, what stations are you watching? Um, I don't even know. Okay. Did you find the information you're looking for? Oh, I, no. I forgot to look. I'm laughing <laughs> at your Ebola t-shirts. Oh, give me a couple of those. I'll try to pitch them if I get to the airport early on Saturday. Well, you know, my famous, my famous one was um, a big disaster was the um, optometrist shop in Mexico called III. <laughs> good, good. Keep going. What else you got? Um, restaurant called Bulimics. Line, line for the restroom was longer than line for food. Yep. Know that one. Yeah. That's about all I got. <laughs> I don't write. I don't write these down. So some of them just slip from my my thoughts, and rightfully so. <laughs> Thank God, right? Anyhow, um, did you find what you needed? 
Oh yeah, well, it was the tweak that came in 2009 when FHA announced its um, uh, HECM is what they call it for purchase program, which enables qualified seniors to downsize or relocate by using a reverse mortgage to purchase their new home. So um, it's just a different way to downsize using the equity in your existing home and not having any outflow or change in your reverse mortgage. So a lot of options. Don't be too scared of it. If you if you are forced into retirement and you haven't saved enough, don't just think a reverse mortgage is an awful tool like it used to be. What do you think of the dramatic shifts in the last three weeks on Wall Street where we went from euphoric to massive correction mode panic? Yeah, I was going to say it day. wasn't a massive correction. So, Well, it was m- mode, you know, three or four straight hundred down, point down days kind mm-hmm. of thing. Week closes, you know, last hour collapses uh, to back to being kind of euphoric again to – I, I guess it's okay because it, it does like a, kind of a mini correction along the way, even if you're not getting a major one. Stocks like Netflix get a lot of air taken out of them. Amazon gets air taken out of them. And you are selling, you know, some people who bought wrong are getting punished, which they deserve. Yeah, if you sold at the bottom of the correction. I mean, this was the perfect definition of a correction, which is a, it's a very quick V-shaped pattern. And it was quick. Yeah. So, I mean, we're almost back to normal and everything between small caps and emerging markets and everything else. Earnings look pretty good. Earnings season coming in better than expected. Yeah, and we're getting the talk of the you know how the currency is going to affect profits, and that's kind of the big topic conversation for multinational companies. When the dollar was weak, that helps them. When the dollar's stronger, that hurts a bit. One of my favorite companies to follow during earnings season is um, Alcoa because it shows you what's happening in the world. They break down their regions of strength and re- regions of weakness, but also um, UPS and UPS in the United States doing very very well. Um, if UPS does well, Chad, I kind of. I'm not going to say I can sleep well at night, but it helps. It's interesting to see all of these companies come out, um, like Amazon, for example, with weak expectations of the holiday season when gasoline prices have tanked. Some people on the East Coast are paying under 3 bucks a gallon. That's huge for retailers in Christmas time. Yeah. But the thing is, if retailers don't do well, I'm still happy because people have jobs and they're saving the money. For me, it works both ways, but... Uh, yeah, a lot of Walmart's not expecting a good Christmas. So you can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You can find me at robblack.com. Big event coming up this weekend in Redwood Shores. You can learn more about it from 3 to 5 at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thought I'd talk to CFP Chad Burton a little bit about credit cards. What's your relationship with credit cards? Um, Well, I have an Amex through work. Okay. And other than that, I don't have any credit cards. None? None. Hmm. You're underwhelming me. (laughs) No. You know, that's an area of, in terms of weakness, I I remember I was mentioning something about how I use the points on our Amex. Yeah. And you had somebody that listens to the show and I think is a 
some sort of credit expert. Yeah, you were saying. So you got you've got a bit of a credit expert, Nicole. Yeah, Nicole. Yeah, Nicole is a certified financial planner. Also, JD. So she used to be an attorney. So she's a very very smart girl. Very good shopper too. Um, I think one of her upcoming blogs is going to be a little bit more about that. But um, you know, it's I like debt in terms of a home. A lot of other debt I don't really like. So I just haven't had the the need for one. Yeah, which is good. Um, but you I know put, that does affect my credit score. Okay. So it's not going to be as high because I don't have a credit card that I you know keep a balance under fifty percent and always have a little bit of a balance on it. So you pay it down to ten bucks, never let it go above fifty percent of the value of the card. It's going to increase your credit score. I've had a, a recently had a, f- a friend that um, was still, uh, purchasing a home and they went out and said we can't give you this loan. You have to go get a credit card first, and then next month we can give you a loan. I'm like, what? So you want them to open up credit? So that they can borrow money. Well, I bring this up because the woman who cuts my hair, I was having a conversation with her. I'm like, so she uses Square. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Amazon just came out with one that's a lot cheaper than Square for the first two years. And instead of paying 3% transactions, she's now paying like 1.5%. Right. Um, so she's out of $100, she's keeping another buck fifty instead of giving up a buck fifty, three bucks. Um, with that said, I said, so tell me about your credit cards. And She's like, I, I just use debit cards because I got into trouble with credit cards and I don't trust myself. I'm like, there's no difference between a debit card and a credit card if you pay off the credit card every month. There's none. And it's safer. It gives you more purchase protection. It gives you more insurance in case something goes wrong. Um, so I was I was just shocked. Like, I've got a couple credit cards. I've got Fidelity FIA. Um, that's 2% back. Automatically goes into a Fidelity savings account. Mm-hmm. So yep. um, I got a travel one that, you know. No, I, I know I'm not being financially smart about it. It's one of those things where it's, I get home at the end of the day after doing financial planning all day long, yeah. and I know I need to reopen a credit card somewhere, but I just haven't had the time. Three kids in a business. Do you, um, want, do you want me to open one for you? Yeah. You want my social security number? Are you ready? It is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This one right here, city double cash card. It's, uh, it's automatically 1%. Then once you pay your bill, it's another 1%. No, I will say I'm good about at youpromise.com. I have, you know, all my corporate uh, debit cards and personal cards and How much does yeah. that added up to? You know, it's, it seems like it's a couple hundred bucks a year. Okay. Still free money. Kind of fun to see that and have it, you know, go online and either request the check or have it transferred to the 529 plan. Yeah. It's free money. I have match. You'd have a lot more free money if you used credit cards. <laughs> all right. I think you got a good show topic. Get an expert on here. Well, no, like I went to my gym and I've got a pretty ridiculous gym cost and it was coming straight out of my bank account. And I was like, I need to cancel that because I want to pay monthly. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you're going to have to go up to the desk, front desk to do that. I'm like, trust me, you know, if I can get points back, I'm taking the points. That's why I want to pay my gym with Apple Pay and all the other options out there because you lose a debit card and then all those automatic payments yeah. are canceled. And you got to sign up again with everybody, which is a real pain. So, I still haven't set up my Apple Pay yet either. See, and I got the six. Yeah. Still haven't set up Apple Pay. You haven't mentioned wakeboarding grave. yet in this segment. Wake surfing? Wake surfing. Love it. What's the difference between wakeboarding and wake surfing? Wake surfing is, surf is without board. a rope. So you drop the rope and you surf the wave. You go okay. about 11 miles an hour. Creates a wave that's kind of between waist high and chest high like on, on certain boats. And you can do 360s and shoves and all sorts of fun stuff. Airs. Do you ever go to like um, water theme parks and just take over? <laughs> yes, like a, with just as a pirate. Just as a pirate. Yeah. 
I, I, I'm with that. Good. Any other topics you want to hit? Because I just hit credit cards. Um, what the heck? Uh, I had a topic that we were going to talk about, and you never told me what it was. Financial topic. Let's see. What else do we want to talk about, Rob? Oh, uh, exchange traded funds. I, I want people to kind of think of the idea of investing, especially when they they start out, is layering their indexing. Okay. So most people, when they first start investing, don't think about individual stocks or try to find the best fund. Go for broad market indexes. And then the next step would be to go for index funds that are in the specific areas, whether it's a specific large cap growth, large cap value, mid cap growth, mid cap value, um, small cap emerging markets. And then you can look at things like what smart beta indexes it in. Wisdom Tree actually has a good portion of their site that talks about smart beta. It, they either What that kind of does is it tends to, instead of getting the S&P 500, where the majority of your return comes from the 50 stocks in the S&P 500, Okay. It'll spread it out, so you end up a little bit more small and mid-cap exposure. And there's ones that are the highest revenue earnings or the highest earnings. There's just different ways. It's kind of a managed approach, which is the cost of an index. The problem is is that ETFs were getting very confusing. And the SEC just said no to managed ETFs, which is a good thing. Okay. So um, I think that the ETF space... A managed ETF would be exactly what it sounds like, a mutual fund. Yeah, that trades like a stock... Um, and yeah. the SEC said no huh. to allowing that just recently. So it's an interesting ruling that they came down with. But uh, ETFs are great and they're supposed to be broad market exposure, but they got to the point where they're starting to get so confusing that most people that try to go research them on their own were getting confused. And I'm glad that the SEC know because it would have been more confusing if there were managed ETFs out there. Yeah, it is pretty confusing. Like you just said, uh, a mid-growth, mid-value. Is there a, mid- is there a blend? Yeah, I would say um, if you go for a, a dividend growth ETF yeah. uh, in the mid-cap space, it's going to be a blend. It's going to be some growth, some value. Gotcha. <clears throat> CFB Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. We're going to be Redwood Shores tomorrow from 3 to 5. Kind of a pretty relaxing event, low-key. You can learn more about the event at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.